welcome to another episode of Mentors on the Mic podcast. I hope you guys are having a great Monday so far. I'm your host, Michelle Simone Miller. We took off last week, but we are back with another phenomenal mentor today. If you haven't checked out last week's episode with legendary acting coach Bob Krakauer, I highly recommend it, especially if you are an actor or you work closely with actors. And I've been really, really loving all of the messages, comments, phone calls, emails about the episode. Um, and if you like any of the episodes or just wish to say hi, find me on Instagram at Michelle Simone Miller and at Mentors on the Mic. If you haven't yet, just go ahead subscribe or follow Mentors on the Mic on whatever platform you're listening to right now. I'll wait. You can do it right now. Well, unless you're listening to this while you're driving or washing the dishes or walking down the street and you can't bother to find your phone. But if your hands are free, please subscribe to the podcast. Thank you. And if you really liked one of the episodes, why not go ahead and write a review? Give it a five-star review. Actually, those really help boost the podcast and the algorithm and all that jazz. Um, but yeah, so anyway, our mentor today is Ingrid French, a wonderful talent manager in New York City and the owner of Ingrid French Management and my manager for over many years. <laughs> she was the first representative who took a chance on me. I mean, I remember walking into her office. This was like right after college, sitting down in front of her desk, maybe while I was in college, maybe it was like the summer. Like, I don't know. But I remember sitting in front of her desk and handing her my pictures. And she helped me with formatting my resume. She gave me advice on headshots. She started sending me on my first auditions. And I booked multiple projects with her, most notably a series of commercials with Samsung and industrials for Nokia. My first commercial that ran in Times Square was from Ingrid. And my first time being flown and put up for a project was from Ingrid. And I actually, I remember the email she sent me when I booked a commercial for Little Remedies, which is like a baby product brand. And she was like, girl, you have to, she was nice about it and professional, but she was like, you have to join the union because you're like a must join at this point. So I quickly joined. But not only do we go over Ingrid's career, but every question you would want to know about managers. I asked my community on Instagram what they would want to ask a manager. And I got some of the best questions, including like, what do you recommend to actors who are still looking for a manager? The difference between managers and agents. Is Ingrid looking for new talent right now during the strike? And this is something that really helps actors who've been doing it for a while. How does she decide when to push her actors? Plus, what more can we do right now to communicate with our reps? And let's just say I have some homework to do. Ingrid is going to be getting an email from me. Without further ado, here's Ingrid French. Welcome, Ingrid, to Mentors on the Mic. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. It's so exciting to talk to you in general because I email with you all the time, but I never get to see your beautiful face. So this is very exciting for me. Thank you. I appreciate you having me and it's great to see you. I, I look at your you. headshot and your picture and tapes, but it's nice yeah. to be on with you. So thanks so much. Thank you. Well, I always start off the same way, which makes it really easy for me as an interviewer. What was your first role in the entertainment industry? My first role was assisting at a talent agency. I moved to New York with a journalism degree, thinking I was going to work in journalism. And while I was interviewing for journalism jobs, needed a job. I moved to New York without a job, and I needed something right away to pay the bills and <laughs> get going. Yeah. And so I um, 
answered an ad in the Village Voice newspaper. <laughs> this is a nice. long time ago. Yes. Um, and it was for an assistant at a talent agency. And so I got that job. And that was my first introduction to the business working as an assistant. And what kind of stuff did you do as an assistant? And is it similar to what an assistant is now, like what your assistant would do? It, it is. It's still similar. I mean, a, a little bit different. But um, the the thing that stood out the most to me was when I started, I'd worked at different companies, done internships all through school. But on the first day, I realized it was so busy and there was so much happening. Mm. And back then it was all over the phone. So the phones were ringing constantly. And I came in and I was so used to working at jobs or companies where you sort of sat around and were trying to find things to do. And it was the opposite. It was there was so much happening. I think I didn't even go to the bathroom for the first most of the day. I, I didn't eat lunch. Like I was kind of And it wasn't even that I, I mean, it was, you know, it was new to me, but there was just, you know, do this, do this, do this. There was so much happening that to me, it was really exciting to be um, just kind of thrown into something and be so busy right away. And every phone call just seemed to be something new, something exciting. And just listening to who's on hold on this line and this line and this line, it was like, wow, this is really, this is really cool. So it was kind of, I think for my first day, just something that was really exciting. And I uh, helped out the agents there. Um, I was pulling headshots for them. I was, that's when everybody had hard copy headshots. So I was like helping put headshot right. packages together, helping call people with their auditions. Um, people had buzzers, <laughs> the pager. So we were paging yeah. people for auditions. So this is, you that's know, cool, actually. Um, but it was, yeah, so it was the same thing. Now we just do it all on email and um, text. And but then it was calls, like phone yeah, calls text. and <laughs> um, pagers. Yeah. And so um, at that time, well, can you tell us what the name of the agency is? Or do you not like to? Um, it, it's not in business anymore. But it, it was an A plus agency. Was it a bigger agency in terms of size? Was it like boutique? Uh, I would what say boutique. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it that was it was boutique, yeah. They they have adult and children's division, and then some different side divisions. But yeah, it was it was boutique side. And did you know right away that you're like, this is it? Like, I want to keep doing this. Or were you still not sure? I pretty much right away, I was sort of ready to stop interviewing for journalism jobs. I was like, I really want to do this. This is you yeah. know, if, if this if I get paid to do this, this is really exciting. It didn't feel like work to me. It just kind of mm. it felt fun. I was excited when. I would leave it. There always was so much to, to do. And, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it kind of from the beginning. I was sort of like, Oh, this is something that I've always wanted to do, but I never would have been able to <laughs> define it before. And I, I always loved entertainment and I never had a desire to perform. And so I think that was the first time that I was really able to work and surround myself with actors and performers, but not, you know, with no interest really to perform. It was just a great way to be able to appreciate and work with talent. Yeah, closely. Yes, absolutely. Amazing. And so you worked at that particular agency for how long? Um, I was there for two years. Okay. And is that a normal amount? Like, I think it might sort of vary, but I know in terms of casting directors, they'll be like, oh, I worked as an assistant for this long. And then, you know, you kind of try to get to be an associate during, and obviously it's different for, you know, with reps, but how long is a typical amount of time that assistants usually stay assistants before they come, they like kind of advance? I I think it can vary depending on where you are. That particular agency, the reason that I ended up moving on was it was being sold. And so there was new people coming in. And so it was just a whole change of 
change of who was in charge and what was happening. Okay. And so um, that's sort of what led to that. I mean, I, I probably would have stayed if everything would have stayed the same, I probably would have stayed, um, stayed on longer. But yeah, I think for the most part, if there's a way to sort of move up, I think that's probably a good amount of time and what a lot of people will do. But depending on who you work for, and I guess what the turnover is. Yeah. And what was the next agency? Well, how long were you there for? So then I left um, there and because the agency was being, um, there were people looking to buy, I ended up meeting an investor who later helped me get started um, with with my company. So yeah. I started uh, doing that and working with um, actors and just taking some of the actors that I had worked with and so kind of started with an investor and that this was This is after two years of being an assistant? Yeah. Or is this a little that's incredible. Yeah. That's I mean, that's really special, Ingrid. <laughs> I, I don't feel like I hear that kind of story a lot. That, you know, after a couple of years you're like, you know what? I think I could figure I could figure it out on my own. And that's it, it impressive. wasn't really you know, it was one of those things where it sort of fell, it just kind of fell into place. And I, I wasn't seeking it out so much. Yeah. Um, I think I would have liked to maybe go work somewhere else. But then because it just sort of happened of, hey, you do this, what about this? And yeah. I said, sure. And for me, I think it was like, well, if it doesn't work, I'll just go work right. for I'll somebody find- else. Yeah, I'll, exactly. I'll do something else. But I really loved it. And so a lot of it was actors that I'd already gotten to work with. Um, and then it was one of those things too, where I was meeting a lot of actors and people. So it was like, oh, I, I met this person. They're great. So I was just kind of contacting people that I met and been in touch with and, you know, started with not very many at all and have built it up from there. But yeah, and there's really, it's not like there's a shortage of actors out there. Right. <laughs> right. So then you it's not like you decided to become an agent, you decided to become a manager. What was that like? What was that decision? Um, you know, I really I think when I worked at the agency, even though it was a boutique agency, I worked in different areas of it. I worked in the commercial mm-hmm. voice, I worked in TV, film, theater, I worked on different sides. And for me, I really found that I liked working and talking with the actors. And it wasn't so much about this project or that project. I really like to talk about what they were doing. I like to work in everything. And so I felt like it was a way for me to be able to work with an actor and work with them in everything they did. And so that was kind of what drew me to working in management was just being able to work with the artist as a whole and not in a particular area with the actor. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, and that's uh, how would you then describe the difference? Because I feel like this question gets asked all the time and I keep finding my own definitions of it to define it for people. But how would you define the difference between an agent and a manager? I think an agent's primary job is to procure auditions, to bring about audition opportunities for a client. And depending on the size of the agency, you know, if it's a smaller boutique agency, then agents may do many other things as well. Um, and I think as a manager, if a client that I'm working with doesn't have an agent, I'm helping bring about um, audition opportunities. And even when they have an, an agent, you know, we sort of, it's more eyes, ears and hands working and using the relationships um, that we have to help bring about opportunity and get a client seen for things. Um, but I feel like as a manager, there's so much in the day to day of making sure that clients have everything they need to succeed. So, you know, if they're um, needing recommendations for classes or training, if they need help 
solidifying what headshots they're going to be using to get their resume done or redone and kind of doing all of those things. You know, it might be helping them write a bio for uh, or updating their bio for something. So I feel like it's kind of my so much of what I do, it depends on what my clients need. So it's it's really sort of defined. I feel like my role is often very defined by the client that I'm working with and for and it's different for everybody. That makes a lot of sense. And I think I'm going to go back to when we first met. You were the one who helped me craft my first resume, get better headshots for the first time. I think the headshots I brought to you, I can't quite remember the headshots I brought to you, but I just remember them not being great. I think if if, if I'm remembering correctly, I, I appreciate that you still took the chance on me because I can't remember exactly who took those shots, but I remember like looking back on them going like, oh, okay, I needed I needed new ones. Um, but but even just my resume, like, like, I think you sent me like a some sort of template or some sort of thing that I could then base that off of. And then I like sent it to you for approval. And you were like, okay, just change one or two things. And I don't feel like agents, unless maybe like you said, certain agents do their are exceptions, boutique agencies for sure. But I think that's what I think of when I think of managers, someone who really will take a little bit more of a hands-on approach to like guiding you in your career. Absolutely. And I think for the most part, most managers have fewer clients than agents have. So you have a little bit more time to, to do that. You have time to spend with a client when they need it, whether it's, and, and often those types of things are when you're working to develop an actor. And yeah. so you're doing, you know, all the things are helping them make sure they have all the tools that are going to help them be able to present a great package for the uh, potential auditions or to help get them opportunities. Absolutely. And so you were able to leave and and you were able to retain some of those actors. Was that not frowned upon like I wonder I mean you said the agency was kind of in this weird transition anyway so maybe it, that was yeah okay. it was it, because there were new people coming in and I think that's what happens is people are going to bring in sure. their own people so it was actually I I left with blessing and it was fine and there wasn't um, and because it was an agency and I was a manager we actually still right. worked through uh, you know some of the clients that I ended up beginning to manage um, until that agency went out of business we we did send and work with them on things. So there wasn't a a conflict there and it it thankfully wasn't frowned upon and uh, it it worked out. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense. No, I was just curious like when people start their own, like their own things like that, is there a conflict? But in that case, there wasn't. And how many people did you start with? Like, do you remember what Ingrid French management looked like at the beginning? (laughs) It was, it was small. I mean, I probably could count them on both hands. It was, uh, you know, it was, it was a small group that I started out with and um, sort of built through just reaching out to people and uh, going to showcases and contacting people and friends of friends. And in fact, you know, friends of some of the actors that I started with, that's really how I referrals from other clients were, were how I got a lot of growth in the beginning. And when did you get your office space? I I started my my first office space I rented was just down the hall from the agency I'd been working oh, at. So that was easy. Easy, yeah. I, it was just a, a short move down the down the hall, and um, I was there for about a year and a half, and then I moved into um, another space, uh, just a, a little bigger, but yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Wonderful. So can you say, and this is an odd question, but can you say in like sort of three words, like what 
sort of manager you would describe yourself as? Like what sets you apart? What, you know, and I say this also because some people, some reps that I've talked to, they say they're like really good for actors who like need a lot of attention or super supportive and communicative. And some actors just don't need that. And some managers or agents are just not like that. They're not the one that's going to be like, I'm going to handhold you through this whole thing. Or, you know, some people prefer a close knit roster and some don't care about. So what kind of, if you could say in three words, what sort of manager you are? I would say I'm a big cheerleader of my clients. I love to promote them. I love to put them out there. So I, I think, you know, I would describe myself as a cheerleader for them and their abilities. Um, I have a, a great hustle. I, I love, I have a lot of drive and I feel like just the relentlessness of keeping up with the business is something that I actually thrive on. And so, um, I think for me, uh, just kind of the, the hustle of the business. I like to hustle for my clients. I like to really get out there and just seek opportunity and help them and, um, do everything I can to kind of help bring that about. And also hopefully, challenge them to kind of keep up on everything because it can be a business that you know there there's rejection there's uh you know i'll have pep talks with people because you you sort of can get down sometimes in between jobs or when there's a lot of breaks between things so i think just kind of keeping up the momentum and hustle for for them and a connector i feel like i love to connect people that's one of the things i like to connect clients with one another my actors with casting directors i love the connections and the networking aspect of the business and i feel like that's one of the things that's always drawn me to this business from the beginning was sort of seeing something in somebody and realizing oh this person's really going to appreciate that and then the opportunity to, you know, reach out to that casting director about this actor or push them for something on a project. I think sort of seeing those connections and trying to connect is something that I I love. Love. Love those. And that, you know, as someone who is a client of yours, I would say yes to all three. That makes a lot of sense for me. Are you able to talk to, and you could be vague about this if you want, but like, people always want to know, like, how many-ish people are on someone's roster, do you have an idea or can you lend your like some sort of ideas to how many people you represent right now? Yeah, so I have I would say about close to 100 people that I work with. Um and some of those the a lot of my clients are across the board I work with them in everything. And then some of them I just work with in a particular area because that's yep. what they're training, their background, their skill set lends itself to. So yeah. many of my clients do work in multiple areas or many areas and some just I work with for a specific area. Makes so much sense. Um, And then can you talk a little bit about freelancing versus signing an actor? So there's obviously pros and cons to both. Um, Do you have a thought on that? Is it really case by case? What do you feel about freelancing versus signing a client? Um, When I started, I wasn't really signing people as as much because I wanted to sort of see, okay, let me see how this works. Let's yeah. test this out. Let's see how it goes. Um, and then I uh, ended up starting to sign people um, mainly because I wanted to have people see, yes, there's a commitment here and have them make the same. My contract, it covers all areas. So sometimes if I do work with somebody only in specific areas, we won't put it on paper because I'm only working with them in a specific area. But generally, the intent is, um, whether it's on paper, or it's just sort of a verbal agreement that we are 
working together. And if we're not, I like sort of a clearly defined, okay, we're, we're, we're not working together. Um, yeah, any anymore. But I I do because with many of the actors that I manage, I'm introducing them to agents and doing things. So I like to also, especially if we're working with agents, be able to say yes, this this client is working exclusively with me so that they know that, you know, there's not going to be any conflict in them getting something through somebody else. Absolutely. It makes a lot of sense. And how how often do you work in tandem with other agents? How does that look like in terms of, you know, working alongside agents and, you know, in, in terms of representing an actor? I do work with quite a few agents. Many of the actors that I work with have agents and it works both ways in that sometimes if I'm working with an actor who doesn't have an agent, I'll help by sending their materials to agents that I work with and try to help bring an agent on board. And then some of the agents I work with who maybe I share clients with may have a client who is looking for a manager. And so they'll reach out to me and say, you know, my client's looking to bring a manager on board. Will you meet? So sometimes I'm reaching out to agents to introduce clients to them. And sometimes agents are reaching out to me to introduce clients looking for a manager. Excellent. And then when you do work, like, let's say you have an agent, like an actor has an agent and works with you. Is there like an email system set up? Or is it a case by case basis? Is it like you just both submit the actor for things? And then if someone gets it, they'll just inform the other one. I it's it's specific based on the agent's preference generally. Mm. So I would say most of the time, we're just sort of all CCing each other on everything. Um, Many times, if it's a larger agency, they're used to that. A lot of the clients have managers, and that's sort of how if I send a communication, I CC the rest of the team, the, the agents or assistants, um, and they do the same when reaching out to the client. They CC me. Sometimes if it's a smaller agency or it's just one person, they may not be able to – or you know, they say, we're just going to send it to the actor, and then my client will CC me on responses yeah. and loop me in that way. So it really yeah. depends – I feel like on how the agent likes to work. And so then I, with my client, figure out how we're um, going to do it. But yeah, it, for me, I'm pretty flexible in terms of how it works. And yeah. usually just whatever makes the most sense for my actor and for the agent is is fine with me. Excellent. And then these are some of the questions from listeners. Are you looking for new talent right now? Or are you holding off because of what's going on with all the strikes? Or is there like, is it there's exceptions, but you're just not really looking? What's your thought right now? It is a slower time right now. So I'm probably I, you know, I think it's safe to say I'm not as actively seeking as I might be at other times. But the interesting thing about this business is whether it's because business is a little bit slower or whether it's because I feel like I have a full roster sometimes, Fair. you never know when you're going to meet somebody that just makes, you know, I'll, I'll meet somebody and say, wow, this is somebody that I really like to work with. So I, you know, it's, it's a slower time. So I'm, I, but I'm always open to looking at people. So, you know, if somebody refers somebody or somebody reaches out, I generally, even if I feel like, I'm pretty set right now. I'll still look yeah. at materials because things change. And so I, I, I'm i always open. I always have my eyes sort of looking out and, and seeing what's out there. And how do you normally, and I think I know the answer to this because I know you, but how do you normally get new actors? Like, I think it's primarily referrals, right? Pretty much now it's all through um, industry or client referrals. So that's that's mainly how I 
take on people is if they're referred to me through somebody, whether it be an agent, a casting director, a director, a producer, another client. It's pretty much referral only. How many ref- how many submissions do you get just like generic ones from website? Like, you know, I feel like you have a website, people see it, they'll go, okay, great, I'll send a hard copy or find your email. How often does that happen where people self-submit and you look at that? Quite a bit. I mean, I, I get them all. I, I tend to look at them. I still go through my mail. I click on emails that that come in. So I, I do glance at them all. Um, I don't necessarily dig deep into material sent if it's something that I just don't think I'm able to yeah. do at that time, depending on the volume I get at any given time. But I mean, right. every day I'm getting submissions and yeah. and things like that. So yeah. And what are some of the things I mean, I think at the end of the day, and people may or may not be aware of this, and you could tell me what you thought think about it. But I think a lot of a lot of the time, it's like, obviously, are you talented? Or do I think that you're, you know, someone I could submit to stuff and sell you? But I think also, it's, it's like, it's like, do you do I like you? Like, I think people forget that it's sometimes and it's not personal. I think it's like some people just click and some people don't. And so I feel like there's that component, too. So when someone meets you, what are things that you look for? What, what are some things that do they need to have all their materials in a row obviously not because when i met you (laughs) i definitely didn't but in general like what 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 stands out for you about people definitely the the talent or the look is the first thing that i see so that's sort of what makes me look further click on their materials or um take a look so I, i i generally appreciate the the look the talent and from there getting an idea of what they have material wise it's it's not a deterrent if i look at something and think oh they're gonna need new headshots they're gonna need help with this because that's that's part of that's part of it and you know many times even if somebody's materials look good sometimes after we have a conversation they say well this is what i want to be doing and i think well this is what your materials are saying we probably need to make a shift here so sometimes even if things look a certain way they may not be bringing about what that actor wants to come to them or what what opportunities they want so that's not really a, a a deal breaker i mean the more somebody has sometimes the easier it is um you know if you have headshots, resumes, if you have a reel, if you have training or a body of some work that you've done, there's more that I can do right away. If you don't have as much, there may be more that I need to give advice wise to sort of help that actor build till we get to a place where we're going to be able to get more opportunity. So sometimes I'll meet somebody and be interested in them, but make suggestions on what they could do to um, get to a place where I feel like they're ready for me to say, yes, we can, we can do this. And I think, and I'll add to this just from my own personal experience, when I first started working with you, I, I mean, I had, I'm trying to think, I think I had a very like sort of light website or maybe not. I can't even remember, to be honest. I definitely had you help me with my resume. I definitely got new headshots after working with you. And, but I still remember, you know, and I've been with you for a few years, the first few years out of college, when I was working with you, I remember a lot of the uh, auditions were very, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a lot of commercials initially, obviously, and then a lot of like industrials as well. Um, And a lot of things were like, even print ads were like, I just was one out of many people. Um, but I felt like those were sort of like the foundation for my my audition technique now. The ability to be in front of a lot of people, being one of many people, that like whole hustle, I think that 
it's experience and like I got a lot of the nerves out of the way in the first year. You know what I mean? Like there's just an element of like, you know, if someone who only I had like student films on my resume, I think I had an off-Broadway show from when I was younger. I had obviously some training, but I didn't have any TV film credits. And I just remember that was the foundation of what I think of as, as my auditions as like being able to feel comfortable in an audition, which takes a little bit of time sometimes. It like, does. And I think for, for most actors, it's sort of you, you do whatever you can do on your own. You train, you get whatever yes. experience you're able to get through self submitting or through networking. And then you just kind of have to get out there and, and do it. And, you know, that's how you learn and grow and get used to it. And I think, you know, it used to be, I feel like even more intimidating when you had to always go in the room for your auditions. And now that it's Zoom and self tape, you know, I think you have a level of control over it that in, you know, you used to, to not, when not. you had to just walk in a room and, um, you had that one take or one <laughs> chance unless you were That's given it. a second take, you know, that was, that was it. And so you, you kind of, I think, learn quickly because you realize all the time and effort that it took to get you there. And if it doesn't go the way you want it to, so silly. It, you know, it can be really, really tough, but it also, I think really helps you grow and learn yeah. and uh, with, with each opportunity. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely an element of like, I was trying I you know, I try to explain it to people who've only been uh, doing this for like, you know, even the last three years only, like there was this element of, you know, you have a scene and it's not just one scene. It's not just a few lines or whatever it is. You go into this audition with all of this weight of what you're doing in, in on your shoulders. And so what I mean by that is like, let's say you take off work for that audition or let's say you move things around because you had other things during that time. And then you take, you know, 30, 45 minutes, an hour sometimes to get to the audition. You wait around in the waiting room, trying not to get nervous, seeing all the people around you that look like you. Um, and then you get into the audition and you just you have to try to be able to do the thing that you prepared for this whole time and not put too much on your on yourself for, you know, like it's so, it's such a recipe for nerves, right? It is. It is. And I just, you know, when I would talk to actors, sometimes it's like, you know, I almost got hit by a car on my way in. It started pouring rain on me right before I got there. You know, there was all yes. these factors that could come into play just trying to get there that could completely derail all the plans you yeah. had and the preparation Absolutely. that was done. But, you know, that's also part of it just to kind of somehow get past it, move on, take it as it comes and be in the moment when you walk in the room and do what you can with what you have. 100%. And I'll say this, you know, I think people, it varies for different people. But for me, I think your role in my life is not just that person who helped me in the beginning, that person who helped to get my first jobs, but also like you're you're someone who it the job doesn't end when you book something or the job doesn't end when you get to set that first day. Like Ingrid is someone who if I like I I booked a series of Samsung commercials for my hands, my hand modeling a while back and I remember like there was one day I showed up and they they were going to use part of my face. They showed a storyboard of like my face in the shot. And I remember going like, I should get paid more money if they're going to use my that's a commercial there. That's a completely different rate. And I just like kind of went to the side because they gave me a like they had a uh, they wanted me to sign something saying it's okay to use my face. And so I called Ingrid and Ingrid was right away just on top of it being like, okay, no worries. Thanks, Michelle, for letting me know. I'm going to reach out to them. Don't sign anything. You were just very sweet, very professional. 
all. Um, and you handled it. And I think they had to have me sign something that basically and it, I think it it stalled production for a bit, but I didn't even feel bad because I just felt like, well, this is new information you're giving me. And and I think an actual commercial and I have it. You just see a little bit. It's nothing recognizable. They basically had me sign something new saying if I was recognizable, then they would pay me this rate. And I was like, fine, even if I wasn't recognizable, that's I just wanted to feel protected. And I felt like you were instrumental in making sure that I was protected and you were very available that day. And I just appreciate you, Ingrid. You're just on top of it. I I appreciate that. And I think that's such an important thing about having a rep, a manager or an agent that you feel like you can talk to that you feel like you can reach out because it's, it's the same on my side. I wouldn't want anybody to go and sign something. And then later we're like, Oh wait, you should be, this should be happening. And not that things can't be rectified after the fact, but I think when you want a client to feel like, yes, reach out. If anything doesn't seem like it was as stated when you were going to the job, or if there's anything that's happening that you have question about, that's what I want to hear. Absolutely. And then, okay, so do you care about, this is something uh, an actor want to know, do you care about location and taking on new actors, especially post-pandemic, where a lot of these things are self-tapes, a lot of these things are online, on Zoom, Ecocast? Do you right now need people to be in New York to represent them, or or especially in taking on new newer clients? Because I'm sure some clients have moved out, and you're like, I'll make an exception for you. But in terms of new clients? Um, I'm open to clients that aren't in New York. It is easier Often, if somebody's in New York, because there's been some opportunities that have started back in person. It's very few and far between, but there are some. Also, because of, I think, just things that happen sometimes with traveling in and out, we'll see breakdowns that say, must be a New York local. And not even that you couldn't be a local hire that you wouldn't be willing to come here and and do it. But sometimes just because of the turnaround from when we're going to find out about a job to when it's going to happen, um, it's just easier to be here. So I feel like it's, uh, you know, I'm very open to looking at people from anywhere. But I think sometimes it's easier to to be here, particularly with a new client. If, like you said, if I had a client that moved somewhere, um, I know them really well. I, right. I you, you sort of, the more you get to know somebody, I know the people that if no matter where they are, if something comes up and they need to be here, they're going to get they here will. and it's going to happen. And so sometimes it's just, it's a little different when you're working with somebody new and not necessarily knowing how much they're going to be able to do yeah. and how quickly they can make it happen if if need be. It's like um, a trust thing. You is. have to trust that like, because it makes, I think actors need to remember, it makes you look bad if they're not able to come in. And even if they have all the reasons in the world why their flight was canceled, why their train was delayed, or and it could all be legitimate, it still makes you look bad, <laughs> you it, know, it if, if the actor doesn't show up when they are supposed to. Yeah, so I feel like I, I'm, I'm open to, and I always want to know that, you know, I think it's one of those things where we all can work with the information we have. And so I feel like, you know, I want to know where somebody is. And I ask that, you know, where are you able to be a local hire? Where are you? And casting does the same thing to me of of my clients. So, you know, I, I think it's always important to be honest about that when you are reaching out, because if somebody knows you'd have to be coming in from further away, they may be able to give you more notice than they would if you were walking down the street to something. I want to tell you guys all about Cave Day, which I've been absolutely loving the last few months. 
I joined Cave Day after reading Atomic Habits by James Clear. You might have even heard me mention Cave Day during the Atomic Habits five-part miniseries. Cave Day are group-focused sessions led on Zoom that focus on monotasks. So have you ever had a task where you constantly feel just distracted by Instagram, your phone, text messages, TikTok? It takes you forever to do something super simple. Cave Day asks you to put your phone somewhere where we can't see it and focus on the one task ahead of you for the period of time you're in the cave. I take it one step further and use one of their weekly planning workshops to decide on my goals for the week breaking them down into monotasks, and planning out my week of caves so I can get it all done. I've never been so productive. You can do one, you can sign up for one, two, or three hour long sprints, depending on the task in front of you. And it doesn't even have to be work. Let it be that yoga session you keep pushing off, or meditating, or making a fun lunch, but have other people there to be accountable. I work from home and sometimes, especially with this podcast, it often feels like I'm doing everything on my own. So logging into these focus sessions, seeing other people work, using cave day strategies and techniques and routines that help me stay on top of it. I feel like it's just a no brainer. Join me today. Try the first month for only a dollar or your first three months for only $40. I get so much work done in the cave without feeling burned out. The link is in my show notes for the discount. So I think it's important to be honest about it, but it is something that factors in sometimes to decisions. Makes sense. And then what about when an actor sends you their information? Do you like a cover letter? If so, what do you suggest is on the cover letter? I like a cover letter. I like an intro, even if you're highlighting a couple of things that might also be on your resume or, you know, on your website or somewhere else. But I do like a cover letter. Um, I like it to be targeted and to me. Sometimes you, I get really generic ones that are, you know, dear rep. I'm interested in finding an agent or some, I've even gotten ones that think, you know, I'm a casting director. So I think knowing who you're sending it to is really important um, and targeting it because anytime something comes to me and I can tell from the intro that they, the person doesn't even know who they're sending it to or why I, I sort of immediately let that go. Um, because yeah. I always think I wouldn't want them to reach out to a casting director and say, you know, something something kind of crazy. So I feel like knowing who and why you're sending it to that person is the first thing. And so sort of uh, the cover letter should be short, I should be able to have it fill, you know, just in my screen, not have to scroll up and down to read the full thing and just highlight a couple things that make you interesting and unique that I should know. So and and also highlight any connection who you were referred by, you know, what what connection you might have to either me to another client to an agent sort of uh, who referred you and and why you're writing you know I'm looking for a manager because I'd like to add someone to my team I work with a commercial agent and a legit agent and would love to bring about more opportunities sort of I like the why you're reaching out to and some people might say like oh well it's obvious if I'm reaching out I want representation but you know that's one of the things I usually ask people uh, when I'm mm-hmm. talking to them is why? What are, what are you looking for in having a manager or having us work together? Because I think it's, it's, it's one of those things where you kind of clearly define what the person's looking for. Cause sometimes in that, in answering that question, what an actor will say makes me realize that I don't think they know 
what I do or what my role would be. And then it allows me to sort of uh, clearly define that. And sometimes their expectation isn't something that I could do, or I don't think it's a, a realistic expectation. And so that's part of it. So I, I just I always like it to be clear of this is why I'm reaching out. Do you like them to include industry connections, people that they know that they've maybe auditioned for a bunch of times or have gotten callbacks for? I think it's great to include that. And that is something that I will if 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 I see somebody, I think, oh, wow, they look interesting. And they say, oh, I just took a class with this person. And I know that person really well. I may reach out and say, hey, I know they just took a class with you. They just sent me stuff. What do you think? So yeah, I feel like it's that's a great way for somebody if, you know, a rep who's interested in you potentially to be able to find out a little bit about you. So if you do have an industry referral, or if you've taken a class, or there was a recommendation there, I think it's great to to list that. Excellent. And then I also like to fill in the gaps sometimes if I'm writing a cover letter, like just for people out there, like I'll fill in gaps like um, I, I've I've booked two roles uh, for TV shows that ended up like my scene got canceled or my scene got like it, so it's I can't put it on my resume because it was before I got to film it. But I still booked it and I still booked it through that office. And I still think that's a good sign. So if there's any holes in things where it's like, oh, this could use clarification, like I can't put it on my resume that I booked crashing or the night of, but I still booked it and I still got the booking email and I still got to go to a fitting. It's just that they canceled or they rescheduled it and then eventually canceled. But that's not my fault. It, it But it is it is showing that I booked it through that casting director. So And that's important. And I think it, it shows that you booked, it shows that you were cleared and passed to, to work, and it shows the relationship and that that person has seen your work and responded to your work. So there, there's a lot there. And they know and who that you are. Important. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, in terms of... Okay. So this is for actors specifically who I know who are constantly worried about what else can they do? You know, there's this element of like, okay, sometimes you get to a place where you do have representation and you do have your training and you are in class and you are doing all this stuff and there's no traction, which happens. And so sometimes it's a little bit of a time, sometimes it's longer, but whatever the case may be, there's this a little bit of like, okay, well, what else can I be doing? Do you have recommendations for that? And I know some of it's on a case-by-case basis, but what do you think people should be doing, you know, in general, during those those times of like uncertainty, that comes up all the time. That's a yeah. question you know that I feel like I'm I'm asked by actors, "What can I be doing?" And I think what's great is um, to think about what else creatively you'd like to be doing. And so, you know, for some people, it's they may want to write. You know, I'm not I'm not getting a lot of opportunity. And then I'll say, "Well, why don't you write something that you would like to do?" Yeah. And that sometimes will lead people to, you know writing a short film or starting something that they could potentially um, end up producing or working in. So I think thinking about other creative outlets um, that are interesting, and it does vary by performer, but I think writing is something that a lot of people end up doing or creating their own content. A some podcast, people, a podcast, some might is say. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, people have made YouTube channels or just what what other things do you like to to do and sort of having those conversations and have people do that. And I think that's great. And I always say that I think some of my most 
satisfied, happy clients are those that do other things as well and enjoy that because it, it can be tough. There's ups, there's downs, there's busy times, there's slow times. And I think when you have creative outlets or other outlets other than just auditioning and acting, you know, I think it, it helps. And it also can give you more control in an industry where sometimes yes. it just seems like you don't have a lot. And so, um, you know, I, and I think doing things like that, like writing, producing, creating content really helps often lead to other opportunities True. and connections and, and networking. So I think I that's agree. huge. And it's something that I think everybody should should think about when there's time. You know, I, I think it's great. I'm a better actor and a stronger person like mentally because I have this thing that I can work on on my own creatively outside. I don't have to be relying on auditions all the time like I used to to have some creative outlet. There's just something lovely about going, I can put this together on my own. I can have that sense of creativity and control. And and I think it makes me feel like I can approach my auditions with less desperation for one, but also like less less control over it because there really isn't control. Like I feel like I you know, you have to send your 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 headshot your headshot. You have to send your like self tape out and then just kind of like let it go because the chances are so low anyway. Like it's just a crazy odds. So you just kind of, you know, do your work, do you know, feel good about it. And I, I always when I was readers for um different casting directors when both when we had more in-person stuff I remember a lot of times they'd say like I remember once I think it was Jenny Rabbits. I talked to her about this on the podcast but Jenny like a, an actor left and Jenny turned to me and was like I love that and I was like what do you love exactly and they're like I love that she looked like she didn't care I mean she obviously did she was fully memorized she had all the choices but she didn't care like she almost was a little rude at the end like I don't even think she didn't say thank you she barely said goodbye she just left she couldn't care less if I liked her and she's like but I liked her. You know what I mean? Like there's this element of like she cares enough to do all the work, to do her homework, to make the choices, but she didn't really care if she was liked or not. And I think that's the stuff that comes from creating our own stuff outside of it. It's that we're less like precious about making sure that like this has to be it or like I really hope that they like this one. It's like, no, it's, we can't look at it each audition that way, you know? Right. And it, it is. It's doing the work and letting it go. And I think that's huge. And I, it's, it's funny. I remember a client coming in my office one time when he sort of had the same type of revelation. He said, you know, I just went on this audition and I did it. And I didn't say, I didn't try to make small talk. I didn't make conversation. I did my audition. I walked out and I felt so good. And he ended up getting it, but he said, I, I'm kind of, I got to let stuff go more. I can't live in yeah. the, what's going to happen next. It's just, that's it. I, I do it and I leave. And I think there really is something to that when you can find that, whether it be through having a creative outlet or just learning to kind of do the work, let the rest. A hundred percent. And then another thing that actors always stress out about is, are my reps pushing me enough? Like I, you know, and and I always find that to be an interesting conversation that I don't really inter and like engage in as much really at all anymore, because I feel like. That's a whole separate thing. I think I, I, I wanted to hear your thoughts on pushing because I feel like actors feel like, well, if I'm not getting auditions right now, it's because my reps aren't pushing me for it. And that might not necessarily be the case. It most likely isn't. But when do you feel like pushes are 
the like the right thing to do you know like when what kind of cases are you like okay i'll push for this one and other ones where you're like i'm not gonna push for this this is not something i want to use this my connection for it's you know what i mean yeah it, it does vary and some of it is i'll have a a client ask me i'm really interested in this and i look and i say yes we submitted we didn't hear anything and if it's something that maybe i've you know i really agree with them i think yes you're really right for this you you could do this. And then I'll say, let me send over an email and just do a follow up and say, hey, will you take a look at this? Um, so I, I will do it if I agree with a client that I think it's something that they're really right for. It's something that I submitted them for. Or maybe I submitted them, but then the actor tells me, here's a connection that I have to this that I don't think you know. So then I can send over an email push with connecting piece of he worked with this director or producer before. This is what they said about the work. And so I feel like oftentimes if there's some type of connection that maybe wasn't mentioned initially, that would be a reason to send over a push or a follow up. Um, and if, if I think, if I submit for something and I think somebody's so right when I submit and then I don't get the, request many times I'll follow up. Did you see that? Because I think this person's really right. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes I'll just make sure that the casting director saw it. I mean, some pushes I get a response from of, you know, I, I was pushing a client this week for something that he felt really strongly about. And then uh, the cast director said, no, um, they relooked at everything we had submitted. And then I did a push and ultimately weren't able to make it happen. But I think, you know, sometimes just getting that response of, okay, we submitted, we pushed and it was a no, I feel like the, the client was like, okay, you know, yeah. what, what can you do? We, we did it. We, we yeah. feel like we covered our basis. So I do think if as an actor, you have a good relationship with your rep, you feel like you're really right for something, you feel like you're on the same page, and there's something you're really passionate about, I think it's always fine to to bring it up and have that conversation. And I never mind people asking me to push them for things. And I think it is something that can be important to ask about a role, if there's a role, a project, or something that's really interesting. Because I always say, I have certain amount of hours in a day that I can spend doing things for somebody. And sometimes I'll be automatically pushing clients for things, but sometimes I send over a push and then the client's like, Oh, I don't know if I really want to do that. And I think, Oh man, I wish I wouldn't have, <laughs> I wish I wouldn't have said that push for this. Yeah. So it, it is, it's, it's good to communicate about those things sometimes because I want to spend my time pushing for things that clients definitely want to yeah. do. And sometimes I think, yeah, this is a great fit. This would be perfect. And then, you know, it, it's maybe not. And so, you know, I feel like that it, it's good. And I think sometimes, you know, I'll, when I'm, going back and forth with the cast director, they'll say, if I missed anybody or there's somebody you think I should see, let me know. And so yeah. I think it's it's good. It, it works both ways. I think casting directors sometimes like to know, you know, if there's if there's somebody that uh, an agent or manager thinks could be really great for something that, that maybe they missed. Um, but, yeah. you know, there are things where somebody will say, I'm really perfect for this. And then they'll say, well, we're going to attach a, a star name for this role. And right. so, there, you know, there's really, if, if that's what's going to happen, the chances of even a really great push leading to anything or means probably. very little to nothing. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, there's a couple things that come to mind with this conversation. One, well, how many pushes do you think on average you do a week? And I know this varies, but just uh, like, and the reason why I ask is because I think actors forget also that like you can't 
waste all your pushes too. It's not like every role that comes in. Like I've heard some people say like, you know, for co-stars, we don't really push, you know, like there's only some, right. Is that a common thing? There's, you know, you don't want to waste it on a two, three line. And even though actors would love that two, three line, there's nothing wrong with co-stars. It's just that those usually aren't the ones, if you can only write to this casting director, probably a couple times a month or a week or whatever it is, you're not going to want to do it on a two, three line role. You want to do it on a role where you think that like it'll matter more or a bigger role or something with more character so then you can have more of a reason to push someone but i think people don't realize that um can you lend a little perspective on that yes i think they should be used sparingly and when it's an important when it's an important thing to push for i i agree i think it's tough to push for co-stars just because there's so many for so many of the co-star roles there's so many people that could be Right, and could fit it. And there's so many people being submitted. Sure. It's just, it's really tough. So I, I almost think in many cases, it's a waste of a of a, a push yeah. and a waste to, to do it. So I'll, I'll say that definitely to somebody if I if I think that especially I've had people say, can you push me for this? And I look and the role is like 20 to 60, any ethnicity, any gender. And I think, yeah, this is so open. like, you know, it's this is I can't even there might not even be anything specific I can connect to. It's not like I could be like this actor is fantastic. But like, there's not like a common thing of like oh they'd be good because they speak this language or there's this special skill that makes more sense there might be a less actors out there that they might you know need but but if there's if it's very open in terms of the breakdown or the description of the role you're not going to want to just push anyone for that it seems sort of silly yeah I, I feel like it's best to use it when there is some type of connection there's you know, a passion on the part of the actor for this project um, or uh, the show, the role, something like that. Um, you know, and and if you think about if it's, let's say, a television show, if there's every week a lot of roles that that person could potentially be right for, it's like pick something that's, you know, something maybe really, really right. There's a real connection or there's a skill that that person has that really sets them apart or is is unique. Um and, you know, there's there's ways to push where if the actor knows that casting director already, I feel like a push is much easier because there's already that uh, connection. They know who they are. So it's easy if it's a push where I'm sort of introducing somebody in the push. It may be a little tougher to get them considered because the casting director doesn't already know them or their work. So that sometimes factors in and sometimes a response on those kind of pushes is just I can't I can't see anybody I don't know for this and so yeah you know that's where I say to clients you know if there's a way to get in front of them if there's a, something you could do so whether it be a workshop or some way to to meet them or be in front of them that's great because so often it's so much easier to push when there's a connection already of some type or the casting director knows who that person is I think also, and this is, I think, and I want to know your thought on this is there is obviously going to be a disconnect in the sense that, you know, you're talking about like if actors know what projects are out there that are sp- like what ro- I mean, I, I think this is where I mean by this, like actors don't always know what roles are being sent out. Like we're not really allowed, like we're not it's not legal for us to get the breakdowns. So sometimes we'll hear about stuff and sometimes we'll learn about stuff. But for the most part, especially TV, which is so fast. There, there is that disconnect where like we're not able to really tell you if we know someone like I think about for me, for instance, I know a lot of casting directors. I know now through the podcast, a lot of TV directors, TV writers, TV producers, showrunners. And I don't know when they're casting, what they're cat, which, you know, like until I get 
the audition. Like I'll get an audition for something and say, oh, I actually had that executive producer on my podcast. Great. I'll send the message back. But I already got the audition. So I'm like, I don't know how much, you know what I mean? Like what? So is there something you can recommend? And, and the answer might be no, but like to bridge that gap between like how can actors make you aware of the people that they know or the projects that they know? How do they they narrow it down for you if they're not getting, obviously, the breakdowns. I love for actors to update me on anybody that they're meeting or in contact with. or And it can be as simple as, you know, I've had clients email me and say, I went out for dinner last night and ended up having drinks with um, a friend and this casting director showed up and we chatted for two hours and it was great. And so, you know, they mentioned that if anything comes up for me, you know, we talked about that you're my manager and I said, you'll submit me. So, you know, that's the kind of thing you don't want to keep that to yourself. When there is a connection, you want to share that with your rep because that's something that I do keep for my clients lists of the people that casting wise mm. know them, who knows them. And so I will quickly, if it's somebody that I don't know off the top of my head, I may just like look at their list really quick and make sure, okay, uh, they do. I'm going to send this or jot little notes for myself as to how. And that's why I love to get those updates from actors for my clients over email, because sometimes I'll also be like, who was that person they met the other night? And I like run back to the email and, and look it up. So I think just making sure when you do have connections, when you do know somebody, you make sure your rep knows that because that's really going okay. to help bridge those gaps. Ingrid, you're going to get an email probably <laughs> in the next couple of days with my list because I've not been good about this. Like I and it's these things happen too because like for example, I met a big showrunner. He did um his name is Hank Steinberg. He did For Life on ABC. Um and he has a new show hopefully coming out with this writer strike you never really know, but like coming out soon called Doc that he's an executive producer on. I met him at an event. I had him on my podcast really great guy and i need to like i don't know because the thing is is with doc right now not sort of happening i kind of held off on telling reps that um but you included obviously um but there's this element of like you know you just don't know if those count so it's really great advice and i'm going to remember that from now on and probably send you a list of like these have been people on my <laughs> podcast who like know me and like me and like have said i i want to work with you soon or i hope to work with you on something and yeah. and it's good and the reminders aren't bad either you know if you send yeah. the list and then doc comes out and then you're like by the way it's out now here's you know i i love yeah. those kind of little pings in um my inbox to remind me of things because i feel like it's it's helpful we're all busy during the day and sometimes just to have a, a client do that i i find it really helpful i like that um and and i think when with a lot of the agents that i work with they would say the same thing you know if a client pings me and then we work with an agent i'll say hey by the way i submitted this just a reminder they know them from this. And so I feel like that it, it is really helpful to sort of continue to close the circle, connect the dots on yeah. those type of, of connections. And it, it really can help. And I think that's a, a huge part of how things get done in this business sometimes is just to, um, and I would much, is, is to connect dots, is make sure people know who you know, and when something's out there that you could potentially be right for to um, remind your your manager or noted connect any of that yeah completely and then just quick quick last question on this note who are the people that actors should be in your opinion connecting with the most aside from casting directors because that's an obvious 
any other people, you know, that that you feel like would be very helpful for you in terms of connecting them or getting them auditions, et cetera? Like, what are some of the people that or the roles in the industry that you feel like actors should be connecting with the most? I mean, I think that so often it's interesting to me how if you work with one director, you'll end up you know, working again with that director and then directors on another project and we'll get a request saying this director requested your client for this. And they may do it through casting, but then, you know, so I feel like anywhere when you're on a project, connect with as many people as you can working in any capacity on there, because so often, you know, then when everybody's on the next project, they'll remember when they need somebody. And so I feel like, you know, there are people that are just really good at that. And I see it so often how if if you are just one of those people that easily connects with people that follows up afterward, um, and you don't want to do it in a way that you want it to be organic, and you want it to, you know, be people that you genuinely connect with or have good conversations with it. But I think anybody involved in a production that you connect with, you know, I like to know about it. I like for my clients to just kind of do those follow-ups and um, whether it be a director or producer, a writer, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. And just even other performers, yeah. you know, so I, I think it's, it's great. And, you know, I think there's a way to do it. Uh, you want it to be genuine, but just letting, letting your rep know about that, I think is, is really important and following up, you know, so many times I've ha- yeah. heard actors say, I met this person, they told me to follow up but I didn't know what to say. I didn't know, you know, and I think that's a wasted yeah. opportunity. Just do it, you know, whether it be the next day, even if you don't have a lot to say, just send a quick, it was great to meet you yesterday. Thanks so much. You know, maybe say one thing they said that was helpful or just one nice. quick little thing. And that starts it. And I do this all the time for my clients. I'll say if they're going to meet somebody, let's say at a workshop, I say, email me that morning and I'm going to send a quick note to that casting director. And then I have a chain of communication yeah. with that cast director about that person. And I think it's the same thing when you meet somebody and you think, I'm going to send them a quick thank you. It was great to meet you email. Then later, if you have a question or there's something that comes up that you want to reach out, you already have an email going and you can pop back on that and say, oh, congrats. I just saw you were going to be doing this. Um, I'm excited for you. You know, I think it's just a great way to don't don't let those connections slip by or, you know, yes. opportunity be be wasted. <laughs> That's such good advice. And I mean, it actually, it comes, it reminds me of another person I had the podcast, someone who did one of the Samsung jobs with me. I stayed in contact with his name is Lamar. And, um, I don't think you represented him at the time, but who knows? Um, but Lamar, uh, he was telling me a story about how last, no, it was a few years ago, he met Felicia Rashad at a, at a reading. And I think she contacted him and they had a conversation subsequently. And she asked him to submit a headshot and resume for a project that she was going to eventually be casting or, or in a company was casting. She said, send them the headshot and resume. And he kind of chickened out. He said, he's like, I'm not really sure why I didn't, but I just kind of talked myself out of it thinking I don't have the credits. I'm not going to be able to book this. It's a kind of embarrassing. And he didn't do it. And he's still like six months later, he went to see her in a Broadway show and he brought her flowers. And he was like, I don't know if you remember me. I was at the reading. He goes, she goes, I remember you. Did you ever send that headshot and resume? And he's like, no, I didn't. I don't know why. And she's like, do it. So he right away did it. And he didn't even audition for the show. He just got the offer about a month later. And so I guess it kind of is is sort of just piggybacking off of your point that we have no idea. I think a lot of times actors, there's imposter syndrome with everybody. But I think actors kind of talk themselves out of sometimes following up just a simple follow up of thank you. And it was great to meet you. And we talked about this. But also, you know, sometimes we we sabotage ourselves in that regard because of imposter syndrome. So it's like, go for it. 
it. Take that. Go, you know, ask them to do this. Ask them if they could take some time out of their day for you. Do whatever you're if they especially if they're asking you to reach out. Don't chicken out and not follow up because of whatever is going through our heads. Let's just do it. Great. Ingrid, this has been absolutely wonderful. Really, I just feel like this is such a wealth of information for both actors and for people who are trying to be filmmakers and managers and agents. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been so fun to get to chat with you. (laughs) I know. It's like, I feel like we don't do this enough. I feel like I I mean, obviously, you have so many clients, but it it would be nice, you know, to like, I I was trying to think of like a way for all of us to connect or connect with you more. It's hard. (laughs) It is. It is hard. And it's but it's it's so fun. And it's great to be able to to chat. Yeah, to see you. And thank you for taking this time to talk with me about all this. I really appreciate appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Mentors on the Mic. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend in entertainment you know would love it. Let me know what you've learned or what stayed with you on our Instagram at Mentors on the Mic. I love reading your messages. Uh, you can also find me at, at Michelle Simone Miller on Instagram. On both accounts, I'll be sharing even more information about our mentors. Talk to someone about what you learned today who would really appreciate it and send them the episode. Also, if you love the show, please go ahead and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It really makes a huge difference in growing this. It makes it easier for people to find our podcast, and I love reading your reviews. So thank you so much, and I'll see you next week.